these are the notes. The ecstatic, the dance, the grace, the rapturous, the ancient, the Tao. The waitress, the posture, the dance school, the jazz steps, the flash dance, the barn, the turtle soup, the ancient Egyptian, the poetry, the precise, the down tempo, the opium, the autotune, the Freddie Mercury, the interdimensional singing, the dead dude dance. In another state, it was like this. This conversation was an ecstatic dream. Library's notebook. Librarian's shh. Librarian's notebook. This conversation was an ecstatic dream, like going to another planet to learn how to heal. What colors promote healing? What sounds? It had people that are only met in dreams, like hitchhiking across the country and you keep seeing the same woman at crossroads and truck stops, so you introduce yourself just because of circumstance. My totem animal was, um... See, I always thought that I, I had bird magic, that I was meant to do to work with bird magic because so often in my life and in so many ways I have worked with birds. But working with birds and working with bird magic was apparently two very, very different things. And I didn't have and there's no there, I didn't have the strength to do bird magic. And there's no shame in that. It's not like being weak. It's that, it's simply that your strength is cat magic. And because your strength is cat magic, your strength is not bird magic. And bird magic is too powerful for you because it's not cat magic. I mean, and, and it's so very simplistic yeah, to say totally. things like but that. But it's so strong and powerful if you can accept the grace of that statement. Go back to American Amerindians, uh, any kind of First Nations people. Okay? Uh, gender was very fluid in many tribes. It, so much so, I mean, all you had to do was dream that in a, have a dream in which you were a male and that indicated that you weren't you weren't female you were not a woman you were a man and you hunted with men unless you were on your menses and that was because your magic so overpowered theirs that it could disrupt the hunt Yet, in every other way, you're a man. Gender and, and First Nations people, it, it isn't even a dialogue. Um, because it is, it is what it is. And that's what it is. What is the bird magic? Did you get into what it is? Because I'm thinking that I have, like, I have birds speaking to me. Well, 
don't know how to it's let me go let me, let me, let me kind of give you an idea let me go through like you can pull up a song Now, obviously, that is uh, the four faces of the god and goddess. Instead of maiden, warrior, mother, crow, oftentimes we see the maiden, the mother, and the crone. That's it. Okay. Um, and in the four face deity, in you have the maiden, the warrior, the mother, the crone. And these are all phases that a woman can go through in her life in a tribal culture, depending upon the tribe. Now, granted, Mer uh, Mercedes Zaki is writing about people who don't exist, but she got her inspiration somewhere. Magic, animal magic, be it be your totem animal a large cat or bear or wolf or cat canid type any any dog type um, fox ant spider scorpion I mean each of these has value all its own has a strength of its own and it can handle its own strength but it would be unrealistic to expect that the scorpion could handle the strength of the bear. And likewise, it would be unfair to expect a bear to handle the strength of the scorpion. Think about what you have to give up to gain the other. Think about what you have to give up to gain the other. Yeah. You have to what, give would up bear, how, what would a bear be giving up? He'd be giving up himself. To to use scorpion magic. He'd have to fit into the claw of the scorpion's yeah, back. Yeah, he'd have to fit. Well, I called it a uh, I called it a cat glove. But basically, he'd have to be—he'd have to wear a scorpion glove. He'd have to be the scorpion. Yeah. But what would he give up? He would give up his tremendous size. He would give up that kind of power where he walks in and everybody flees. He would give up being able to make one swipe with a with a claw with a claw with a paw and cut him out in half. All for being able to move quietly and unseen and kill by poison with silence. I am no expert, not by any means. All I know is that it was a medicine man, a shaman, 
who saw the uh, that saw the mountain lion magic in me. It wasn't the first place I went. I figured I walked out of the door of my home one day and the door across I was in townhouses the, and the townhouse across the way nobody ever opened that door which was its front door after sundown ever in the three or four years I lived there four years I lived there nobody ever opened that door after sunset and they went out through the garage in the car but nobody walked anywhere after sunset and South San Jose isn't that bad it's just this particular time. door well in front of this particular door happened to be a kestrel a kestrel What's a kestrel? It's a bird of prey. It's a small falcon. <laughs> it's the smallest of all of the falcons. This is bird magic. But it is the most plentiful, the most populous of all falcons. Yeah. Two. Um, I thought it was going to be a shrine or an altar or a kestrel. I some sort of merry-go-round. only person... Of tokens and trophies. ...who would have noticed it. Because I, I'm in and out that my front door even when they're not. And I came out and I glanced over at, let me eat this, this that I'm holding in my hand. I need my hands free and I just know where to put it. Yeah, this will be the introduction. We always like starting <laughs> at the end for getting to where we're gonna go. We're gonna jump into trying to recap what we talked about last week that I erased in some sort of don't talk in the library ceremony. But we won't get there because we'll stay longer in the realm of dreams and the lessons you learn from token animals in and out of phase time. Tell me this story. Okay. I have to be going too. I have to shelve this I'll book on the prone. Um, I can shelve that. Oh, okay. You said this, I'll shelve it. So I come, out, I come out my door and I shut the door and I... So I, the automatic turns, I'm facing, I'm, I'm facing their door, but the physical attitude that it puts me at is to look down at their doormat. And on their doormat is something about this big, like and a puffball. Two handfuls of a puffball. It was a, a puff, a puffball, I mean, the size of a, the size of a mango, a large mango. And my inner six-year-old, goes, bird! And I'm going, huh? No, leaves. And I'm trying to get on with my knife. And goes, bird! And I'm going, no, leaves. It's bird! Leaves! Bird, 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 bird! Says my internal six-year-old. This is the way to go foot. in and out of phases. Listen to your going, inner okay. selves at different ages. That's your tesseract that you live within multiple ages in yourself at all times. You don't have to heal them. You have to like, listen to them and okay, rejoice and party we'll with check. them. <laughs> but it's not a bird. Yeah, yeah. So I walk over and uh, I crouch down and just like I was touching, just like when I touched the cougar. Yeah. 
before you have this, this surfer stance down. leaning over the typewriter and touching the cougar. And It's a bird. And I just got this sense of a smug little six-year-old crossing her arms and going, told you so. And so I, 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 I closed my hands on the bird and lifted it up. I'm about to take it back in. Oh. And then I realized that in my hand was my bird necklace. I had a firebird necklace. Uh, a medallion. And so I've got I've got uh, what I, I had some kind of bird of prey in my hands, but I had no idea what I had. In fact, I wasn't even sure it was a bird of prey. But I do know that it shouldn't be on the ground at night. And, and it was awfully light, way too light for its size. And that, so I had to get it in safe. So I go back. Wait, is it an animal or a necklace? It's an animal, but I had a necklace of firebirds in my hand. Also. Uh-huh. At the same time. Because I walked out the door of my house with my necklace. I was going to put it on the car. Wow. And wow. so I've got the, so I, I, I've got the bird to pick it up like this and go, oh. And so your necklace better, is under. Better, sort, better supported by the feet, too. And so you have it the, from the head with your one hand, and then the other hand comes... No, I have it by the shoulders. By the shoulders. Yeah, by the shoulders and body. And then your it's, bottom hand comes in to support And then I bring it. my bottom into And you have a firebird necklace... In my hand. In your I'm hand. Going, I'm thinking, how apropos. And you so, don't go out this door because this door is a... I always go out that door. I'm always in and out that door. The neighbor is not in and out that door after sunset because because there's a word i didn't know though because it's uh they just don't go out that door after sunset it's not a shrine though and it's not an altar no, it's, it's a not door. a merry-go-round it's, it's a, a real door like that is a real door okay. okay the neighbors go in and out that door during school and work hours yeah after sunset which is neither school nor work hours they don't go out that door. I was the only person who could possibly have been meant to find that bird. It's peculiar. Peculiar that you don't right. go out that door. Yeah. So, you know, I've got the bird. It's lining you up. And I've got, I've got my other hand supporting its feet. I've got the firebird necklace in my hand, and I'm going, well, that's rather apropos. And so I turn and I walk back to the house, walk back, you know, 10 feet, 12 feet, maybe, yeah, about 12 to 14 feet back to my townhouse front door and I'm wearing my cowboy boots and I have to knock on the door with knock my cowboy board, boots. Cowboy boots, yeah. And Bill answers the door and he looks at my hands and looks looks up into my face and basically is going, what is it now, Kelly? Yeah. And I said, could you get me a box, please? And so he goes and gets me a box, right? So I've got I'm not quite sure what in here, so I he brings me the box, and that means I have to put put my hand in like this, and I take this hand away, and it has the reason I was able to pick it up was it has it had its beak tucked up under its wing to keep itself warm, and it 
slowly pulls its head out from under its wing and looks at me and I realize that, oh dear God, that's a bird of prey. That's a, that's a, a sparrow hawk, a kestrel. Kestrel. And I've still kestrel. got one hand left. Kestrel. And the only way I'm going to get it out is past, is to get him, is to tip him off my hand and then bring my hand out past his beak. The beak that shreds meat off of, off of recent kills, you know. Um, and I could feel his sternum. I mean, he was, he was just skin and bones. Broke my heart. He'd been blinded in one eye. One of his one of his catches, or in a fight with another male, or something, he had been blinded in one eye, and without the depth perception required by an animal of prey. Just have you ever tried driving with, with one eye? Yeah. Okay, uh, you know, and so you see the problems with just driving. You're only on one plane. You're only dealing with two dimensions. Yes, this is so tying in with everything the, I want the, to go into. The birds, they deal with with. Three sixty. Three hundred sixty degrees. Yeah, they're ultimately and out of phase. So phase. when they get blinded in one eye. Yes. They can't judge where they're flying. They can't judge how to land. They can't judge and coordinate to catch their food. And he was starving to death because of it. Wow, here I am trying to go to other dimensions to learn songs when I'm a terrestrial on Earth with all of the Earth music available. I'm switching my animal totem power from a ah, scorpion to a bear. Like it's a, I'm not it's fitting the gods. They decide what you're uh they decide what your power animal is, not you. And like a bird of prey, a cholesterol, a celestial. <laughs> a kestrel. A kestrel with one eye missing. Yeah. It's just starving because you can't, you're out of phase. You're out of phase with where you are. How did you know that this then was not your, it seems as if this would be your magic. That was exactly why I thought it was my magic. What, thought, what, what led you away from that? The shaman telling me it was not. Oh, well, how can, why would you believe the shaman versus your experience? Because I had other dreams that of, of trying to work with bird magic and failing dismally. And why wouldn't I listen to the shaman when he's involved in something that I believe in very strongly? He's the expert. He's got the spiritual training and know-how. Why would I question him? I question doctors all the time. But this is different. Yeah. I mean, he's a spiritual leader. I question doctors all the time. Squirrels. There are two squirrels on that tree. This is different. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's a spiritual leader. Let me see. Is this where? Squirrels. There are two squirrels on that tree. Oh, there's one of the little hooligans. Let me see. There's this one where? Little... Hey, honey. Yeah. Here's one of the little hooligans looking for a nut just to bring up to your porch. What's wrong, man? You want to come look at him? He's a fat little guy. I know the one you mean. He's gray with red. He's cantankerous. Huh? He's a very cantankerous squirrel. A cantankerous squirrel. I like that. The recording ends with these cantankerous squirrels out the library window, collecting the nuts that fall on the library roof with a kerplunk that is startling the way kerplunk is, or fud is, in the silence of books. When I arrived, Ariel Gray's dragon immediately showed me a manual and pop-up form of reindeer learning to fly. I then informed her that I had lost the conversation from last week and I was trying to reenact it, including discussing the bugs that live in the dictionary while she was at the dictionary looking up the word maw because the two geese that were on the book that I was checking out were intertwined and she said their feet looked like a maw, the maw of a dragon with their two heads intertwined like the dragon's fur or scales or flying tendrils and I'm completely stoked on this because I've taken these two geese from a day before in the Dayan Qigong Wild Goose Qigong book as my next totem animals. I've had two ducks over the summer, a water ocean duck who taught me about inner child fear healing and a river duck who taught me to have water off a duck's back and to be a wild hobo perfectly in place in the world and to be a lover, a romantic. And now I have two geese teaching me Qigong, so I went from duck, duck, goose, and literally I'm leaving the library early to go to a place where dragons live in the water, dragons in the steam, and dragons in the stars, and dragons in the clouds. So when she sees the dragons in these two geese, I'm thrilled, duck, duck, goose, dragon, totem animals. Look. Rolling. Hey. Now, I want you to look at this upside down. It's two geese. That's the that's the mouth. Ariel Grace Dragon. She's wearing a cowboy shirt tucked into jeans with her leather cap, showing me a book of two geese at a horizontal position that's revealing different shapes. It's the geese are made with cut paper, it looks like. Well, it's a picture of two geese on your book and uh, maybe they're they may be fighting that's probably more likely than or they're flying together and they're bumping into each other I don't know but I saw it from upside down and from upside down this looks rather like uh, the maw of some and this looks like a split tail what is the and maw? these are wings it looks kind of like some kind of dragon wait a maw is a dragon? a maw is a mouth the maw is the mouth. A great big huge thing. Yeah, maw. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I believe it's M-A-W-O. <laughs> maw. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's, it's, yes, yes. Hold that thought though. Let me, let, me go, let me go double check it real quick. Are you going to the sacred, to the magical library? I'm actually going to go look it up in Merriam-Webster. 
Miriam Webster. That's what I meant. We're in the library. I meant the, the dictionary. We were talking about the dictionary last time about the bugs that live in the dictionary. We're saying that they're the most the most well-read insects around. They live in the spine. They probably know more about the English language than we do. They live in the spine. I asked what they were doing there, and you rather frankly said that they are doing what everything does. What? Finding X, Y, Z? Oh, I was looking up how to spell the Ma, Last week you were saying that these bugs were doing what everybody does, which is fighting, loving, and eating, and shitting. <laughs> you didn't use those words. You had a different version of the yeah, words. Yeah. But yeah, and then that's finding, what. Finding, feeding. <laughs> finding, feeding, and procreating. Finding, feeding, and procreating. The little bugs crawling out of the humongous dictionary. The kind that you can knock somebody out with. I was attracted to this goose book. It was one that you had found in the back in the back shelves, but it's two geese on the cover. And two geese came to me yesterday in a Qigong book. The two, uh, I'm replacing dope smoking with Qigong, trying to harness like an it is right yeah I'm trying to replace like that kind of inner mystical state that you get with eating some cannabis that sort of opened up drive and temporary alertness getting that with the qigong and a buddy gave me a qigong manual yesterday and on the cover was two geese oh, it's always good to find uh, somebody to work with you Qigong is best done in a group environment. It's best done in a group environment? Yeah. Because you vibe off of each other? Aha, ma. Ma, you got it. A stomach, the receptacle into which the food is taken by swallowing. The seat is uh, or symbol of voracious appetite. Can't believe it took so long to find the word. <laughs> so many of them. Yeah, M A W. It kept a lot. It kept a lot. It kept a lot. I like that you saw it in a dragon. Mm-hmm. Oh, how does that little poem go? Um, 
What a wonderful bird is the pelican, for yeah. his beak can hold more than his belly can. <laughs> yeah. I've had a series of power animals come to me in bird form. I had one waterfowl ocean duck, and this ocean duck came with the lesson that you should uh, make peace with your fear that you had as an inner child, and it was like a baby duck, and, and then its parents came swimming in, and it was nighttime, like it was a whole sort of like ordeal. Mm -hmm. Second time was uh, at the river, and that day I was looking for a panacea, like a way to become, uh, like a, a something, a panacea, something you could take that would just cure all. And I found it that day in being okay with not being okay. Mm -hmm. And that day was visited by a duck, like alone in the rapid, and like swam up. And then these geese came. And now I'm gonna go visit some dragons tomorrow. So that's why I'm just stoked that you uh, saw the dragon in these geese. Cause it's like my token power animals are, are coming in fast. Did I tell you my story about my power animals? This is kind of why I was bringing it up is I heard it last week and I vaporized that whole discussion. Something happened. It's happened before when I was talking to some gypsies in here and I had a beautiful discussion about them falling in love as librarians and they were like the Dewey Decimal System versus the Library of Congress system and then like had met in the stacks and uh, had met and fallen in love through books and then it all erased. So I've had it happen before but it happened last week and I took notes immediately afterwards on everything that was said. And I would like to sort of re-piece together oh, sure. fragments of what was said. But part of it, if, if I may, uh, the conversation was an, ex this is the power animal. The po conversation was an ecstatic dream, like going to another planet to learn how to heal. What colors promote healing? What sounds? People that are only met in dreams, like hitchhiking across the country and you keep seeing the same woman at crossroads and truck stops, so you introduce yourself just because of circumstance. You get a ride together with a trucker and he is rather repugnant, and so you get out in the desert. Well, for some reason, yeah, uh, the reason that we got out in my dream Yes. What, what I'm kind of taking away from that was this. We got out because it was actually not just one person. And it wasn't so much a trucker, though we usually rode with, though as individuals, we usually rode with truckers because truckers are in it for the long haul, long coast to coast sometimes. Yo. So that's why it's good to hitch with, with truckers. Um, but in this instance, we caught a ride with a group of, of young people around our age and apparently things I'm saying apparently because I'm, I I don't remember why it's like that it's like a cut scene in a video game something happened but the cut it's gone and then the result is that we op I'm the feeling I get is we opted not that we were put out but we opted to get out here just because it was like getting just too wild or unsafe, to, you know. And unsafe yeah. could be anything from behaving in such a manner that you encourage a traffic stop because you never know what the police are going to be like and what they're going to do, to just maybe them having a drunken driving accident and killing everybody in the car. So we wanted out. Except it was the desert. 
And, and you're not supposed to get out in of the, the desert. desert. And yeah. That's what you said. I said, you're don't not... get out in the middle of the desert. And it was twilight. And when I reflected back on the dream many weeks later, it was... It was not like the sun beaming down from above and lighting up the world. It was like there was a certain amount of light anyhow. And... Like a fall time scope. Like well, it coming more out like an a dawn, More like a dawn or dusk. Like a perpetual transition. Something like that. Like the sun is submerged. Yeah, it's just not, it's neither day nor night. Mm. And that time only happens as day gives way to night and as night gives way to morning. It happens twice a day. It's a very special, magical time of day, too. Um, but we get out and... You know, I have some misgivings, but even I felt like it was better to get out in the middle of the desert and risk dying out here than be caught dead with them, you know? Mm. But they were doing something that that we felt getting out in the desert was a, and taking our chances was a better idea than staying with them, the car, food and water... But she, this woman that you had seen at truck stops and intersections as you're hiking across the country and introduced yourself and got a ride, she was the one that suggested to get out in the desert. I think she She's, was the one who was, in, in my dream, she was more insistent about it. I was more, I'm more of the type that's like, wait and see. She said, she, but she's going, let's make a fire. But she's, well, and she first said, of all, she's saying, no, let's get out now. And when people feel very strongly about something like, like she did in my dream, I went, okay, all right, not a problem, we'll do this. And we, so we get out in the middle of the desert, and these people driving the car and hanging out and, and partying or doing whatever they were doing that, that we were feeling was putting us at risk are going, this is a bad idea. You shouldn't get out in the middle of the desert. You should stay with us until we get through here and then leave, do whatever. But but you're going to die out here. And we're, we're there kind of going, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Let me think about it a second. No. <laughs> and um, so the woman in my dream says, come on, let's go. And so, we take, so we're walking all first, and you never leave the road. You never leave the road in the desert. You never leave the trail in the woods. You stay on the beaten path. Mm. And so we walk out into the desert and it's really interesting because in the distance into the desert that we got was not reflected by the 10 or 15 minutes with walking we did. I mean, we were, probably, we were probably like, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 miles into the desert off, off of the highway. You know? And we come to a dirt road and she says, we'll make camp here. And I'm like, um, 
Yes, I see that there are weeds growing up in the center of this dirt track made by, uh, obviously, made by cars. And I can see from the fact that they're all standing and they're not broken, that nothing's been through here recently. However, sooner or later, someone's going to come through there. And if we're asleep on this path, you know, if we've made your campfire and we've made camp right on this dirt road, they may not see us until they're on top of us. So we might, you know, we can't wake up. We say in air quotes, wake up dead, <laughs> which is not optimal. And um, she's going, no, no, we'll be okay. And I'm going, you're sure? You know, so now I've trusted her judgment. She says, do something that's packedly unsafe, which is get out of the car in the middle of the desert, in the middle of God knows where when you may not get a ride for days and you have no extra food or water and here's this woman saying this is a situation where it is better to get out of the car without food and water without an umbrella you know something for shade so it's say umbrella without, without an umbrella to catch all the uh, drops of sunshine falling out of the sky <laughs> and um and 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 take all of the risks inherent in doing that then just to take the risk of staying in that car you know even 50 more feet okay fine i tried for us to get out of the car and as long as we're together i might as well trust her she's she's not saying now you go this way and i'll go this way she's saying we we ought to be doing this. We should be doing this. So we should walk over here. We should walk into the desert and get away from the road. Into the and it was as if the road were unsafe. As if they might come back and something might happen. Or as if somebody might pull over in the middle of nowhere with us. And, you know, we're talking Texas Chainsaw Massacre time happening in the middle of a desert. I mean, she wanted to get away from the road because the road was a symbol of that which was not safe. And the car and the people we were in was a symbol of that lack of safety. So we walk into the desert, and it seems like we've been walking 15, 20 minutes, but you know, here we are, you know, 15 or 20 miles into the desert. And so he's got some quantum quantum physics going on in the dream, you know, like a tesseract. You know, you don't know what a tesseract is? Here. Okay. Yo, Grace is unbuttoning her plaid shirt. It was just taken out. Unfolding it from being tucked in. And now, a tesseract is where she's holding her shirt in two fingers about to make a tesseract well it's a, it's an example in my left hand i've got i've got the corner of the shirt and in my right hand i'm at, I'm at the seam that runs down the side of the shirt now we could walk 
we could say that that distance is a hundred miles. We could say it's a thousand miles. We could say it's several light years. It doesn't matter. It's still distance. And if we, and if we go this distance, it doesn't matter. It's still distance. It's, it's still going to be the same. So, a tesseract, as explained by, um, oh gosh, what's her name? There's a book by the woman. Oh, Madeleine Lango. What is this book you just pulled up? The Ma Young Unicorns by Madeleine Engel. Engel. Le Engel. I'm oh. not sure the, the exact pronunciation, but it's, it's the whole thing is pronounced. Yeah. And she says that a tesseract is like the folding of time. And she literally, a character of hers, literally does what I'm doing right now. So you know, we are here, and where we want to be is here. At the other end of the shirt is normally tucked in, and so, now it's stretched out. So you meet your fingers we, together. So if, what's to stop us from folding time and merely stepping off of this corner seem to seem to this corner just fold time. one step and we have dispensed with this is 10 or 12 inches of fabric but we're bringing the two corners together and you know step off one corner onto another and you are where you're meant to be where you intended to be that's beautiful and so when you intend to be where you were meant to be that is some navigational skills mm -hmm. and someday we will be able to do that when we don't know that we can't do it today what's likely to happen is we will discover how to do it and go oh we knew how to do that <laughs> that is probably what's going to happen <laughs> the whole time we were doing it. And the whole time we've been studying and straining and and going through complex mathematics and the answer was on the inside of an abalone shell. Literally. And and it's it's pretty neat thought to me. But we're getting away from uh, this, our, my story of our walking out into the forest, into the desert together. So we make camp, make a fire in the middle of the road. We lay our sleeping bags on, on the road on either side of the campfire. And she's standing up there. And she's looking out looking down the road peering out like an explorer with a hand and, over her yeah, eyebrows yeah with her hand over her eyes on her forehead and just looking and i can see but it's it like a shrubby desert i'm picturing sagebrush and tumbleweeds yeah yeah tumble tumbleweed and um making your way through america I can't see it, and for some reason I'm in my sleeping bag. So the intonation is that, you know, 
it was it was approaching time that it was the intimation is it's late it's late and I'm I'm basically going hey are you coming to bed and she's not sleeping with me she's in her own sleeping bag on the other side of the fire from me but still hey are you coming to bed so that 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 kind of infers that that it's late in the evening yet it's twilight <laughs> you just air poked at me what does that mean yet it's twilight it's twilight what does twilight mean to you in this it's oh uh, well neither day nor night in a dream school you could go to a planet that would teach you all about colors that had colors and healing yes do you know what twilight does for us I have no idea. Um. Well, hello. I'm sorry, I just picked up my phone and got surprised by all the um, characters that were that just popped into play on Pokemon. Hell yeah! What do you got? What do you got? Yeah. Oh hey. Oh boy, everybody. They keep putting up event boxes, which means this is going to be a big event, and I had, I had better buy more Pokemon storage space. Because I think I'm going to need it. And I better buy more space in my item bags, because I think I'm going to need it. Okay, so, um, in, it, it's, you know, it's neither day nor night in the, in the twilight zone. Um, so, I'm lying in my sleeping bag, and I guess I doze off for a time, and it couldn't have been very long, but when I wake up, I can, the, the person, I'm expecting it to be a person, or people, are close enough I can almost see them, not quite, and then by and by I realize that, oh, it's not that they're just so far away, they only look like they stand three feet tall, they do stand three feet tall, those are cougars! A holium, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just on the same, sane, the sane side of panic. Just on the sane side of panic, in the twilight zone, in my sleeping bag, in the middle of a sage bush. And, uh, dirt in the road. middle, in the middle of a dirt road. Looking at some cougars three feet tall from the fire coming closer on the horizon. Well, they're on the other they're on the other side of the fire, but they're coming up the road to us. And I'm going, oh my god, oh my god, we don't get any weapons. Oh shit. Uh, play dead. Uh, run. Uh, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And she turned. This is all something that I've internalized because. I don't panic visibly. I've worked very hard in my life. There was a Steven Seagal movie 
Fuck yeah. On a ship. Yo, he yes! Was, he was a cook. Yes. You know the one I'm talking about, obviously. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I guess uh, the bad guy walks on the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Steven Seagal is a, 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 a Navy SEAL cook. On and he's a, cooking a, for a, yeah. a, like a Navy ship and, out in the ocean. And um, I've humble, worked very hard to guys. be... That the bad guy is one thing I really admire, and that is uh, just unflappable. He walks into the bridge. You admire the bad guy in this movie. No, I admire a quality. Yeah. In the bad guy, there's yeah. a difference. Everything's blowing up around him. Yeah. It's 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 like the Fourth of July, red, white, and blue. Everything, and there's explosions going on, and he's walks in and it's all going on on around him and he says oh my I mean how understated you've got explosions in the room you're in so you've got fire and smoke loud concussive noises bright flashes of light and your response is not holy shit it's oh my you tepid you're cool oh my and so i've worked very hard in my life to develop that facet of myself wow. and so you know, in my head, I'm all I'm doing this when in danger, when in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout, but nobody can see it because you know I've I've given this that that little part of me its own little playground to run in circles and scream and shout and panic in, while the rest of me figures out what the hell to do and how to do it and how to how am i going to how am i going to keep myself alive anybody that's with me alive and because you know there's one place you don't want to be is on a boat in the ocean on fire terrorists attacking and um trying to get their own way they're not they weren't terrorists they were uh disgruntled na naval, naval, naval officers uh, yeah but that's they took that's over the boat but they didn't think about the cook Oh, gosh. You know, the persons most ignored in this world are in service positions. The janitor, for example. Um, you know, the cook. Mm. Oh, he's just a cook. In long, in long Kiss Goodnight, I'll get back to my dream in a minute. In Long Kiss Goodnight... Uh, with Samuel L. Jackson and Gina Davis. She's trying to figure out who she is and she nicks her finger cutting a, cutting a knife and her boyfriend of uh, six or eight years offers to take over. He said, do you, do you have an ETA on that carrot? And um, that's when she nicks herself and he offers to take over. And she's going basically, shoo, you eat the bl bloody pieces and you'll like it. And 
says she kind of freezes, takes the knife and pushes everything carrot out of her way, gets a fresh carrot and puts it down on the chopping board and she goes, just, you know, you've seen how, how they cloud a cook, right? So she's got, she's got this, this carrot and she's just going, Rapid fire cutting. Rapid fire cutting. Never, never like a taking. Cell phone on a Christmas book stack. N- you know, never leaving the table, never leaving the surface she's cutting on. Either that, or she's going. But at one point, they're they're bringing your stuff to to, and she's going. I was a chef because she's got amnesia for the last eight years. You know. You know, onions, onions. They bring her scallions. And at one point, she grabs a tomato, and she's got the the point of the knife in her hands, and she throws the tomato up in the air and throws the knife, and oh, she impales yeah. the tomato and sticks it into the wall, and it's going ding, you know, and it's. And she's looking at that, and she's got this. And then, and her boyfriend and her daughter are looking at her, and she goes, "Chefs, do that." And it's, I really, I really, really like that. You just paralleled two chef movies with Under Siege and Steven Seagal, and the Samuel L. Jackson movie with this Long Kiss Goodnight. Long Kiss Goodnight, where she has amnesia and realizes that she can cook is she also like an assassin well i don't want to spoil it for anybody that might choose to watch it um however it is a film where she is very much not what she appeared and is living a life where she actually has liked herself for the past several years and instead of being cynical and full of hate and distrust and anger and 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 she forgot to hate as, as Samuel L. Jackson character says, Oh yeah, sure, you had amnesia. But I think you forgot to hate yourself. Well she just got rid of all of her negative programming. And the bit she of it was programming, exactly. That's dream school. To go to a planet where you find the colors that heal. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I took away from that, because I wasn't there for very long because I woke up <laughs> too soon, um, was that uh, the deeper um, the color purple. Yes. And it was purple. Yeah. The deeper the color purple that you had, the vibrancy of the color, uh, whether it was a slick, shiny purple or a soft, deep, velvety purple. Yeah. And that was how healing worked. You're on a planet somewhere deep in the galaxy for a brief night and you're getting schooled in the healing properties of color, uh-huh. and you find that it's the deeper purple is the one that helps to heal. Yes. Whew. 
soak in that. Purple is, I would attribute to almost the color of twilight. Mm-hmm. So, um... So you're calm. You're calm. So, well, what's happening is that the here, going back to the dream now, long divergence here. Um, she turns and looks at me, sensing that there's a part of me that's just flipping out. With these two cougars approaching? With these two cougars approaching, and she says, Don't worry, you're fine. You're safe. And there's, and I'm going, and who am I? I'm not going to argue with somebody who says that when two big cats are approaching because they've obviously got some kind of, uh, they're obviously speaking from some kind of place of authority, which means they've got some ability to either fight or protect, or she's got some kind of control that allows her to say confidently, you're safe. That's big time. And I'm going, okay. Okay. I'm scared to death, but okay. We could all use a figure like this in our <laughs> lives, letting you know that you're safe. And, uh, yeah. And they, the cougars walked right past her. I mean, all they did was exchange a look, and they just, you know, they walk right past her. And there's, you know, where the wheels leave the leave the track in the road, and then and it comes up, and that's where in the center is where all the weeds are growing. Yeah. They're walking each in. In the ruts. Of in the, the in what would be ruts, yes, and they come up to my sleeping bag, and one walks just past, and and. So they both make a left-hand turn, but the one on the outside is walking a little bit farther. And so, you know, they walk, walk like this, and this one kind of slows down so the other one can, can come up to the foot of my sleeping bag. And then they plop themselves down on either side of my sleeping bag, pinning me in place. So beautiful and intense. And... My friend, my new friend turns around and she says to me, Don't worry, they're here to protect you. Yeah. And that was when I woke up. Now, one was that tawny, tan, brownish color that you see, but the other was a black and burnished red Fur. I mean, you could look at the fur, and it was, and it was so red that it was black. Yeah, yeah. And that's how deep the red color went. You, when the light shined on the cat, you could see that it was black, but there was also because it was the black came from red. There was also this almost aura of redness in the fur that you could see but you're but it's confusing to the eye and to the mind because you're going black no red no wait a minute black no yeah no red no it's, it's just the it's cat is so so deep, deep red that she looks he or she looks black 
Now the implication, remember I told you that I, I kind of meditated on the dream for you know, several weeks. And indeed, this dream happened in about 1993. Mm. And this is nearly, to, nearly 2023. So 93, 2003, 2013. And I remember it, 2020, so seven, so it was, uh, what, 93, 2000, so it's like, it's like 27 years old, 28 years old, it's about, it's coming up on like, you know, a 30 year old dream and I'm remembering it as if it were last night. Um, so, I mean, it was obviously very important and it was very important for me to own, own it and possess it and I still haven't figured out how to process it yet, but... It's with you. It's, my, it's mine. It's with me. It's in you. And then I had another dream where I'm lying on the couch in my home and about eight feet away is a wall that the, the big old console television sits up. And normally, you know, we're good with that. No, you know, but I wake up, you know, I'm kind of like taking a nap in the afternoon, and I wake up and it's like, who rearranged my house? Where'd my TV go? Oh, and across from me is kind of like, kind of like, kind of like a day bed or a divine or something. It's, it's a flat bed and then it, at, at one end it comes up and, and it's angled and, well and no one can see but imagine that you it's imagine a hospital bed right you can change the um you can change the the angle but this is made to be at a set angle Think of a psychiatrist's couch. Mm. Only it was about, you know, two people could easily, in fact, you could easily have three or four people sit back to back to each other in a crowded place. I mean, and this woman is lying, and it's the woman that was in my dream, in the other dream. The same woman? The same woman, yes. I see her in, dream, in many of my dreams. She does, did, didn't just drop in for one dream. Wow, you have associates in dreams. You have other realms. You, you interact with other places. You're dream I, tesseracting. I have friends who tell me that I, use, I, that I wake them up in the middle of the night by, by dream walking. And, um, what was this woman doing in the, in the, well, in this dream, bed? you know, she's, she's, she's lying on the divine or whatever it is. She's got her hand up under her head and 
her elbows, you know, so the arm is crooked. She's holding her, you know, holding her head up. And she's got her other arm out. Across, just laying across the divine. And there's this baby cougar there. And at some point she kind of changes position. And she's, then she's leaning on the elbow and leaning up. And the cougar's like, well, the cougar's head is probably about belly button high on her as she's lying down on, on the uh, couch thingy. And it's on the couch thingy, you know, just lying, the sphinx. It has kind of a sphinx-like pose. It's just kind of, you know, kind of like, and even dogs assume that pose. It's just, it's, it's laying there, and it's, it's on, on its elbows, and its paws are out, are out here, you know. And they're about, you know, that, about a, ten inches to a foot away from her arm. And I, I get up and I very carefully, you know, walk so, it, towards, to the end of the couch, so I'm in her field of vision. And I said, excuse me, may I pet the cougar? And she doesn't even respond to me. It's like, it's like, as you said, it's like I'm in another realm. Um, it's like the Star Trek episode where everybody is operating at a different frequency. And except, except for the, you know, a few of the, you know, except for Captain Kirk and, and Spock and, and bones, and they keep hearing this, bugs come from. I keep hearing these buzzes buzzing, and they find that either they've been slowed way down, or everybody else around them has been sped way up yes. in frequency yes and um and they can see each other because they're moving at one frequency all of them can see each other because they're all moving at that same frequency with each other but neither frequency can see each other because one Frequency is just moving way too slow in time to even be observed, while the other frequency is moving so fast in time that they can't be observed. So the situation was very much one of, I was very real, she was very real, I could see her and everything going on around her and me. She couldn't see me or hear me. And so I asked her again, may I pet the cougar? You know, and, and I'm, I'm being very deferential to in, in how I speak to her. And um, I get no response. And so... I very, very tentatively reach out one hand and just as I come in contact with the fur, 
my entire point of view around me changes and I pull my hand back and say, what the hell? What, what the, what was that? So I, very, very tentatively. I wish people could I'm, see you standing around the <laughs> library desk, reaching your hand above the typewriter with the card catalog behind you. You're almost, so tentatively reaching your hand over. Yeah, almost surfing, about to but, get into another realm in this baby cougar sphinx fur with this woman you've and, met before, laying on the divine. And, and you're going back again. And they, I reach back toward to the cougar again and go to pet it. And the same thing happens. I pull my hand back. Wait, what happens? You oscillate out of that um, reality? My point of view changes. Only this time, instead of just getting a, a, a little flash, I was there long enough that I got a picture. Yes. Of what yes. that was. And realized the whole point of view change, what was going on. And, and I'm thinking, you know... The way that point, the way my point of view changed, it was like I became the cat. Fuck yeah. And that's almost like I became the cat. So, if I were to do it and make a connection, make a good, you know, connection where I'm touching, solidly touching that cougar, I'll be... The cougar. Okay. So now that we have this knowledge, what are we going to do with it? Well, we're going to start by touching the cougar very solidly. So it's like, I reach out again. You know, take a deep breath because I'm about to step off into space. So yeah, totally surfing too. And put my hand on the cat's body. Very firmly. She's gripping the typewriter in this scene right now. And I feel my hands as my fingers fold, like putting my hands into a, a cat glove. Cats don't have digits that are as long as ours. Yeah, yeah. For their size, as compared to our size, they do not have little hands. So, for me to become the cat, things like my fingers have to be dealt with. Things like to become the cat, things like my fingers have to be dealt with. Yeah, because... Because really, a cat's fingers are only about that long, about as long as one digit of your fingers. Their toe, their their toe is about one digit instead of one, two, three of of your fingers. So I feel like I'm being shaped into the cat. Mm. I'm putting on a cat glove, and so my entire body has to be made to conform to the cat glove, or it won't fit. Yeah, yeah. So I feel my fingers turn into my hands and fingers turn into paws, and then they're going. You know, and I'm there as wide eyed as any little cub would be. It's like, 
Oh, wow. Yeah, this is so cool. Wow. And, um, and she's talking to me. She's and talking like, to you now. She's talking to me. The woman on the divine the is. The woman on the divine is talking to me as the, uh, as, as her, as the cougar cub. And I'm just there going, oh, wow. I'm just so, I am just, you know, so happy. No one's dog is so happy. The tail wags the dog. I mean, I'm, I'm like, wow. Oh, cool. This is really neat. Wow, it really worked. This is cool, man. This is way cool. I'm the cat. Oh, what did you do? And I go to lift a paw, and it's like, oh, oh, because it's so heavy. And my brain goes, oh. The human body works on levers of the second class. And my levers, my joints, my muscles, my, my tackle, you know, block and tackle, and every way that we move, because the muscles are laid out differently, because um, most mammals walk around on four legs, not two. So learning how to use those limbs will be a new experience for me because I've never walked as a cat. I've never rolled over in bed like a cat. I've never scratched my ears like a cat or dug a hole in my cat box like a cat. I mean, I've never been a cat before. And in this case, I'm not just a cat. I mean, I'm like, I'm like an apex a, a, an apex predator, or I will grow up and be an apex predator. Wow! Yeah. Oh, this is so cool. My daddy, how am I going to get her attention? I gotta get her attention. And they're like, I know it's do, okay? I will. Because, you know, Catherine is kind of like, so. I know. I'll push her on. It's like, how am I going to do that? Because I have to actually ask you to think about how to make, how to, how to understand the proprioception of my body. I love that word proprioception. Well, proprioception is to know where your hand is at all times, know where your face is, know how, how, if you're on ice skates or roller skates, how a certain move is going to change your balance. It's, it's, it's what you do in dance. It's what you do in Tai Chi. Oh yeah, you're moving through it. Internal martial arts. And, I mean, people used to ask me how did I do Tai Chi for a couple of hours and go home and go to sleep. How do you not? How do you not? I do Tai Chi, I go home, I go to bed, I sleep very well, and they have these fantastic dreams. Believe me, it pays for itself. <laughs> because you have whirlwind your inner state that it's brought you to these different realms in sleeping? Uh, I do believe that, yes. Yeah, yeah. I do believe that the Tai Chi 
was what was creating my ecstatic reading experiences. And it's something I'd like to go back to. I would like to go there too. Um, I've heard people describe in interacting with characters of entering into realms and then there's like a gnome and there's a giant and they're all having tea together. And when they arrive, the characters are indifferent to the human, almost with a disdain, like they're not going to an imaginary place. They've actually crossed over into a place where these are real beings. And they're kind of like almost insulted that the human would have got there. And I was like, I want to go there. I want to explore these places. And you came here. Yes, yes. Aren't we lucky? Right, right. I want to go there and learn songs. I want to go there and hear the music and bring the music back to this realm and play those songs. That would be cool. That would be cool. That would be cool. Let me finish my dream. Probably wrap that this part up in the next two or three minutes, so you know. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in my cat glove, you know. And I'm like, oh, I know. I know. I will push her on. Is that, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, you know. Just go, boop! On her arm, with, with, just with my, my paws, not, not with claws. With paws, not claws. With paws, not claws. Right, so I'm getting ready and I'm going, and I'm about, I'm about to go, boop! And then something grabs me by the collar, yanks me back and says, oh no you don't. Oh yeah? And then I woke up. <laughs>